This is Annie Stevens-Gleason, Minister for Worship and Incorporation at the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer in Cincinnati, Ohio, and I'd like to welcome you to our worship podcast. This is the Holy Eucharist Rite 2 for January 1st, 2023.
Good morning. As you may know, uh, Phil and Melanie are off traveling during the holidays to see family, and Joyce is on sabbatical, so I'm here making the announcements from our handy dandy church app. Uh, the first <laughs> announcement I have is, you, you, this is no stranger we have here, Reverend Cannon Jason Oden, who is uh, visiting us today and will be preaching. Uh, he is a uh, canon for formation for the diocese working directly for the bishop and will be saying more about his bio during his, his homily. Uh, there aren't too many announcements. One is that next, uh, next week, Friday, January 6th, is our chili cook-off. And it begins in the evening. Uh, you can find, I think it's 6.30 or something like that. It's not here in, in the announcements, but um, uh, you can either come to just uh, enjoy the chili or actually enter as a contestant and find out who then will be the big winner. Then next Sunday, we also begin our first of five uh, sessions of um, our hour-long educational hour, Mission Incarnate, Closing the Gap Between Us. So what we do there is exploring the reconciliation of human people with God and with one another and with, with creation. And this will be through the mission endeavors of Redeemer parishioners themselves. So it's about us and how we relate to the world through mission. Then there's a lot of other programming that you can catch up on in our handy dandy app. And uh, we encourage you, of course, to download that app. And I'm reading from it. It actually works pretty well. So, so that with that, we'll begin our service, and thank you for being patient and standing. Let's see if I can take this off, and the mic works. Yes. Well, good morning. Good morning. Announcements are a big part of liturgy, so why not start with them? <laughs> Let's begin. Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear what the Lord Jesus Christ says. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Thank you. 
The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Eternal Father, you gave to your incarnate Son the holy name of Jesus to be the sign of our salvation. Plant in every heart, we pray, the love of him who is the Savior of the world, our Lord Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God in glory everlasting. Amen. Amen. You may be seated for the lessons. A reading from the book of Numbers. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, Thus you shall bless the Israelites. You shall say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So they shall put my name on the Israelites, and I will bless them. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our response today is Psalm 8. We'll recite it responsively by half verse. Our Lord, our Governor, how exalted is your name in all the world. Out of the mouths of infants and children, your majesty is raised above the heavens. You have set up a stronghold against your adversaries to quell the enemy and the avenger. When I consider your heavens the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars have set in their courses. What is man that you should be mindful of him? The son of man that you should see him. You have made him but little lower than the angels. You adorn him with glory and honor. You give him mastery over the works of your hands. You put all things under his feet. All sheep and oxen. Even the wild beasts of the field the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, and whatsoever walks in the paths of the sea. O Lord, our governor, how exalted is your name in all the world. A reading from Paul's letter to the Philippians. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness. In being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. 
Therefore, God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. The word of the Lord. of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord Christ. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told them. After eight days had passed, it was time to circumcise the child and he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. The Gospel of our Lord. the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You may be seated. I imagine, I'm surprised so many people are here praying when you were probably praying very, very hard last night at that game. And God didn't answer. Well, I guess it depends on whose side you were on. I'm from Oklahoma City, so I 
I grew up with the Big 12, so that first game with Michigan, I know Ohio State fans don't. But TCU is who I was rooting for, but for, I was rooting for Ohio State, actually, and I was so sad to see that happen. Today is the first day of 2023, but it's the eighth day of Christmas. But I think it's like the 25th day of clouds here in Cincinnati. Um, today is the Feast of, of the Holy Name, um, the Feast of Circumcision. Jesus is circumcised on the eighth day, a very Jewish uh, custom, very important custom. Ties Jesus back to the story of Abraham and the Israelites, as you saw kind of early on in that first reading. Today's homily should be about names. It should be about naming and the power of names, but it's not going to be. <laughs> um, names are important. I, you know, I think about my name. I think the first time I remember when my mother um, introduced me to what my name meant, Jason. It's this uh, kind of Greek version of the name Joshua, even kind of, you know, related to Jesus. It means healer. And I remember thinking how, wow, like when I heard that, it was like, does that mean, what does that mean? Does that mean that like it's some kind of like, you know, indication of where I should go in my life or what I should do? Is it, is it a sign? So names are important. You know, I think about names in the Bible. If you, you know, it's probably the name that you don't think about much because if you story, read the story of Ruth um, and, you, and the, the book of Ruth and you have Naomi and Ruth and then Ruth's sister is Orpah. And Orpah, her name literally means back of the neck. And in the story of Ruth and Naomi and Orpah, Orpah is the one that is going to go with Ruth and Naomi, but then she decides, no, I'm not going to do it. And she goes back. She goes back into Moab. And so you see the back of her neck as she goes back home. Stories are important. I mean, excuse me, names are very important. They're extremely uh, significant in our lives. You know, it's a very important thing as, parent, as, a, as a parent of two daughters to name our children. I have two daughters with very unique names. My oldest daughter is named Jaffa, which means, you know, it means in Hebrew, it, it, it's kind of, it means beautiful. When I go to, when I go to Israel and I lead tours to the Holy Land, my Israeli guide, he kind of gives me grief about my loose interpretation. Um, but I'm going to stick to it. And then my daughter's name is Jory. And the story behind that is that I used to be a high school teacher. In fact, when I was attending here, I was a high school teacher. And I had a couple of, of um, students named Jordan that I just wasn't fond of. My wife at the time wanted to name her Jordan. I just couldn't do it. Um, I have a sister named Lori. So I said, what if, what if we did something like a kind of just a, a derivative or a version, a diminutive of, of Jordan? just kind of connects to the River Jordan because we wanted to connect it to the Holy Land because that was an important story in our life because we had gone and visited the Holy Land. There's a gate in the city of uh, Jerusalem named the Jaffa Gate, which is another reason why we named her Jaffa. So names are important. They tie us to places. They, they're indicative of where we're going and who we are and what's inherent inside of us. I guess I am going to make this story, this homily about names, I guess. Um, but uh, I really wanted to talk about, you know, something that I have been watching this week. So my daughters and I are going to go to Glacier National Park this summer. And, um, of course, what do you do now in 2023 when you prepare to go somewhere or to do something or to fix something? You go to YouTube 
right? Um, and so we've been watching lots of YouTube videos. And then um, as I was doing that, it piqued my memory about Ken Burns and his great documentary about the national parks. And actually, I kind of fault him for making the national parks so busy now because you can't go there anymore without it being full of people. But Ken Burns, the great, you know, American storyteller, really did an amazing job telling the story of the national park, something, all the, like, what's behind it, um, where they came from, why we have the parks that we have, you know, why they're named, you know, the names that they have. I learned that Yosemite is not really what the name, the original name of the park was. Um, in fact, it's a misunderstanding of the name of the tribe of Indians, American Indians. I'm from Oklahoma. I have very many American Indian friends. They don't, in fact, I talk to them. They don't really prefer the Native American term. They like to be called American Indians, which at least the, my, my American Indian friends from Oklahoma. Um, so if I say that word, I don't mean to be, um, I don't mean to sound insensitive. But, you know, so with the national parks, I think the, the story uh, that, that Ken Burns told us in, the, in that documentary, it's really impressive and, and really kind of connected me to this story today. Let me finish what I was saying about Yosemite. Yosemite is what I was trying to say, and then I told a story about my life, and I got, I, I got distracted. Yosemite is actually not the original name of the park, and Yosemite actually means grizzly bear, one that kills, and there was a misunderstanding. So names are important. Names can be, can be falsely applied. False monikers can be applied to people and to um, events, and that's, that's a lesson in itself. But in the story of the national parks, what I saw is a story of ordinary and extraordinary people believing in something and saying yes to something difficult and doing everything they could to make something happen. And then from that energy, from that initiative, from that instigation, other people gathered around them. And they took up the cause, and they created these parks. It's the story of, of, of um, the, the Smoky Mountains. It's the story of, of uh, Crater Lake. In fact, one of the stories that was really fascinating is the story of Crater Lake how a, a Kansas farmer was unwrapping his sandwich. And what, he, what they used to wrap it was newspaper. And in that newspaper was a story of this lake that was created by a volcano and then by snow melt. And he wanted to go see it. He, he committed himself to go see it. By 13, 14, 15 years later, he finally did. And he was so inspired that he led the cause to make it a national park. The national parks are about people. I know they're about place, and they're about nature, and they're about transcendence, and they're about internal wildness, which is what you hear in that documentary. But this the story of the national parks is a story about people. And today's story, I mean, you heard it, a week ago, you heard it again. We just kind of like gave you a little bit more with the circumcision and the naming. It's the story of people, Mary and Joseph, who said yes to God's mission. 
and they rallied a community around it. And then from that cause, it grew and expanded to where you're sitting here because of that. And it's a really powerful story, and it's a really meaningful story, but it is a story about people. And today, you know, I, I thought, what do I do when I get up here? I mean, I'm going to be here one, one day. I don't know when I'll ever return. Some of you recognize me. <laughs> um, Gary told you that I, I, I did come from here. Um, I haven't been here in a long time. But I wanted to tell you the story. I'm going to tell you my story just a little bit. I thought, maybe that's a good idea. You know, we can unpack theology. Trust me, I led Bible studies. I love to unpack theology, but I thought maybe this is the moment for some of you who re- remember me to kind of re-remember me, and for those of you who have never met me, to hear how I'm connected to this place um, and how important it is to me. You know, my story um, is connected to, to this place and to this community, and I, you know, I definitely don't put myself in the category of an extraordinary person doing great things, but I will tell you, my story, starting in about 2010, 2011, it's about somebody who went through something very difficult and emerged out of it. I was committed to not letting that event defeat me. It was my divorce to my first wife. And it was a very dark time for me. And around 2011, 2010 is when that happened. And in response to that story, I came here. And I came here and I found healing, and I found connection, and I found relationship. When I first came here, I had two little girls, and now they're 16 and 14. They were probably eight and six at the time, maybe a little bit younger. Um, and we came to the banquet. I think the banquet's in here now, but it wasn't there. Uh, that's how I remember it. And, um, you know, so I grew up a very different, in a very different denomination. I grew up in the Pentecostal church. And so my great-grandfather was the bishop of the Pentecostal Holiness Church and ordained Oral Roberts. I went to, the Oral, Ro- I went to Oral Roberts University because my family was close friends with the Roberts. I was very connected in that community, very connected. My grandmother was an author, an organist, a painter, a poet. She, was, she quilted, she did everything, but she was the ghostwriter for Earl Roberts. She wrote his books. I was deeply connected to that community. Um, I went to Earl Roberts and became an Episcopalian. That's the funny story. Um, everybody asked me, how did you go from there to here? And I said, well, I went to Oral Roberts University. And they don't, they don't make the connection. But at ORU, there was a noon service right after the, right after the, the big all-campus uh, chapel. And it was, a, it was a, an Episcopal liturgy, and I fell in love with it. It was something that I had not experienced growing up in the church and the denomination that I was used to. And I fell in love with it. And then I got married to a woman to someone who went to Oral Roberts University with me, and she wanted nothing to do with the Episcopal Church. So we got married. It was just not deep enough in me to to stick to it. Um, But after we divorced, this was the place. It was like, oh, I can go back to the Episcopal Church, and I can come here, and I'm very thankful for this place. 
Because when I came here, and I want you guys to hear this, it saved my life. When I went to the banquet and when I went to that place, I felt, first of all, it was a wonderful transition for me. It, was, it wasn't this, and, I, and I, not, please, I do not knock this because I love this, but it wasn't the traditional. It was kind of that balance, and it was a great transition for me, for someone who grew up with lo- much less kind of a lower, low, low church and not the traditions and not familiar with the creeds and those types of things. And so it was a great transition, but it was also very formative. It taught me the liturgy. It t- helped me understand the liturgy better. I mean, I had experienced the liturgy, but in there I learned the liturgy. And my kids learned the liturgy. But what was most important was I was in a community of people that helped me heal. The banquet was a very, very important service for me. And then from that service, from that experience, because I could go through that and heal and then be restored and then be renewed, I reheard my calling to my vocation to God's service in the, in the form of holy orders. And from out of that healing and out of that peace, I reheard that calling, and then I went from there. And I'm standing here today because of you, because of this place. It's very significant, but ultimately because of the, you, the people. The story today of the naming is a very important story about names in, the, in Jesus' name and There's so much to unpack and what his name means. There's so much to unpack about Jesus' life and how this marks the beginning of a new kingdom and a new age and a new era. There's so much to unpack about this story of the holy name, about Jesus' circumcision. We can tie it, you know, Jesus being circumcised. God's salvation is in the here and the now, in the physical, in the flesh, in our everyday, we can, we can do all that. But the story of the name is about people being faithful to God and to each other. I think that's the story of the Redeemer. I, I, I know it's been the story. I know it will continue to be the story of Redeemer. And I thank you personally for being faithful to that story. Amen. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made, for us and for our salvation, He came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, 
he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshiping and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look, we look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Wondrous God, whose love was made flesh on this holy night, hear us as we pray and take to your heart all of our longings and thanks. Give us grace to call out to you with devotion and praise as we pray for the church and for the world, saying, Hear our prayer. May the radiance of the star that shone brightly over Bethlehem illumine our nation, filling it with light and peace. Emmanuel. Hear our prayer. May people in all the world find refuge and love in times of danger and fear. And may the church be awakened to the human needs of our present time, Emmanuel. As the Magi came bearing gifts, may we, this Christmas, gift our local community with the gold of charity, the myrrh of kindness, and the incense of prayer. May we give thanks for the gifts we have received, especially the birth of Julianne Ailey Calhoun, daughter of Anna and John, and those we now name, either silently or aloud, Emmanuel. We pray for those who long for healing and relief from distress. We pray for all who suffer, especially Linda Borden, Martin Pop, Pearson Daly, Roger Foote, Frank Keenan, Lori Callaham, Jay Arisman, Scott Gunn, Nancy Dankert, Bill Thaman, Pam Leonard, Marilyn Ott, Mike Krug, Catherine Albertson, Bob McGonigal, Lee Hardy, Patty Livermore, Bill Powell, Liz Schildnick, Marianne Fairley, Scott, Scotty Carruthers, Christina Wolfe, Nancy Powell, Paul Williams, Donna Morabito, Doreen Stanley. For those experiencing homelessness, those experiencing hunger, those in prison, and those we now name, either silently or loud. To these our siblings, may our hearts be a manger of welcome and our hands a cradle of joy. Emmanuel. May the blessed hope of everlasting life be the truth of those whom we have known and loved, but see no longer. We pray especially for those we name now, either silently or aloud. Emmanuel. Amen.
We adore you, ever-present God, and we bless you because by the holy birth of Christ, you give hope to all the world. May our prayers become living words inspired by the word who lives in us always. Your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. The peace of the Lord be always with you. And also with you. Walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God.
Our service continues with the great thanksgiving, the Eucharistic prayer A. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give thanks and It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, because you gave Jesus Christ, your only Son, to be born for us, who by the mighty power of the Holy Spirit was made perfect man of the flesh of the Virgin Mary, his mother, so that we might be delivered from the bondage of sin and receive power to become your children. Therefore, we praise you, joining our voices with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven who forever sing this hymn to proclaim the glory of your name. Gracious Father, in your infinite love, you made us for yourself. And when we had fallen into sin and become subject to evil and death, you and your mercy sent Jesus Christ, your only and eternal Son, to share our human nature, to live and die as one of us, to reconcile us to you, the God and Father of all. He stretched out his arms upon the cross and offered himself in obedience to your will, a perfect sacrifice. For the whole world. On the night he was handed over to suffering and death, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread, and when he had given thanks to you, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. After supper, he took the cup of wine, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many, for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Therefore, we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. We celebrate the memorial of our redemption, O Father, in this sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. Recalling his death, resurrection, and ascension, we offer you these gifts. Sanctify them by your Holy Spirit to be for your people the body and blood of your Son, the holy food and drink and of new and unending life in him. 
Sanctify us also, that we may faithfully receive this holy sacrament and serve you in unity, constancy, and peace. And at the last day, bring us with all your saints into the joy of your eternal kingdom. All this we ask through your Son, Jesus Christ, by him and with him and in him. In the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. Amen. And now, as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Hallelujah, Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast. Hallelujah. The gifts of God for the people of God, take them in remembrance that Christ died for you and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving.
Oh, 
Let us pray.
Let us go forth into the world rejoicing in the power of the Spirit. Thanks be to God. <laughs>